Welcome back to the Legal Social Club. We're on episode four. And if you've come here, you've come for the latest legal fads, trends, chat. I'm Rachel. And I am Jordan. And today we have a very, very, very special guest. She is the queen of legal Instagram. And I'm sure every single person listening knows her. We have the fabulous Lucy Cole. Lucy does love. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very excited to be here. I am number one fan of the podcast. So I think I'm equally as excited as Rachel and Jordan are right now. Um, I'm Lucy. I run the Instagram page at Lucy Does Law. Um, I am a future trainee solicitor at a law firm called Clifford Chance. And I'm currently a final year law student at the University of Exeter. I actually finish uni in like two days time and then have a month of exams and I'm a free woman. So that's kind of where I am right now. Amazing, amazing. That's first of all, that's just like a massive thing to even just say. Does it not feel surreal before we get into anything else? Does it not feel surreal that you're like, I'm a future trainee at Clifford Chance? Yeah, I think the first time I said it to someone, I was like, oh my god, like I'm actually like a future lawyer. How crazy is this? Um, but I think I've kind of got used to it now. I mean, every time I still think, oh my god, this is so exciting. Um, but like I'm proud of it now. I kind of own it a lot more than I used to. <laughs> Just holding on to you for life. <laughs> this is like this is your question as well. I feel like you asked this to everyone, so it's like yeah. It's just, well, I've already asked it to Lucy, but the first one is, what star sign are you? Which I already know. And the second bit of it is, do you believe in them? Because you are not a typical one of your star sign. Yeah. So I'm a Taurus, and no, I don't think I believe in them and I'm so sorry because I know your previous guests are like yes we love the stars but I just I I cannot relate to like any Taurus things I see out there so I'm just like oh like I don't I don't know (laughs) maybe as I grow older I'll become more Taurus-y maybe I'm kind of too young to be a fully fledged Taurus I don't know um (laughs) is that even a thing I don't really know how they work (laughs) The bull with it is gonna grow. Yeah, it's a bull. She's a young bull. <laughs> what, like, prime. What, like, what do you think of a Taurus? And then maybe I'll say yay or nay. Well, most of my, you know, is it I don't know if I'm using the right supposition, I don't know, about a Taurus is that that's probably the wrong word. Most of my assumptions are that they're really into like chilling out lying around, eating fast food, and you are not that my no, girl. No. <laughs> The next question is, um, and I'm really intrigued to know this, um, what did you get in trouble for the most as a child? Oh, you know what? I, I will confess it. Lying. Really? Surprise, she's not got a training contract at Clifford Chance. <laughs> <laughs> she's not I even a law poor. student. <laughs> no, no, I have got a training contract. I grew out, I grew out of it, I promise. Yeah, when I was younger, I think... I'm quite an imaginative, creative person, mm. and I just wanted to make every situation seem so much more exciting than it was, or so much more dramatic than I w- than it was. So I just like exaggerate everything. But like, I everyone could see straight through it. Like, I never, nobody ever believed me. I just used to lie a lot. Were you that like guy that was like, I've I've got a rabbit at home yesterday. Oh no, you haven't. Yeah, I have. It's called <laughs> Snowflake. <Yeah. laughs> Talking like young, I'm talking like yeah, young, that's what I'm talking four, about. five, six. Um, but yeah. Primary life. 
yeah 100% that was probably what I used to get in trouble because my parents would get so embarrassed like and understandably so so I think <laughs> that's, that's what I get in trouble for the most <laughs> what are your oh. good and bad habits I think my good habits are that I'm very self-aware so mm. I'm really good at recognizing when I need to take time off when I'm pushing myself too much I'm, I think I'm like really good at looking after myself and I'm in check with my emotions. So I think that's probably, is that a habit? I don't know, but I think it's a good habit to know when to stop. Yeah, yeah. My bad habit is probably social media. I love Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that's an obvious answer to give. But there are probably some times where it's just unnecessary, just unnecessary to scroll on Instagram, but like I want to, and that's probably a really bad habit. Like it's like my go-to, oh, I'm bored, I'll scroll on Instagram. Yeah, I think that's Same. a really bad habit. I'd wish, I wish I'd be like, oh, I've got five minutes. Let's do a quick, quick little yoga, maybe a few crunches. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm like Instagram will do. <laughs> that's um, and it's even worse when you get to like the end of the post and you say you're all caught up, and then oh. like five minutes later you're checking again and you're like, oh, I'm still caught. I'm up. embarrassed. If I reach that point, I'm like, oh no, I've I've gone too far. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what is that point? You're all caught up. Oh, you've never, but- you've never caught. How like when you go through or your inst when you're like on your Instagram feed you're scrolling through and then it gets to a point where it says like you're all caught up because you've seen all the posts that have been posted. Yeah, oh, seen wow. all the posts since you were last on Instagram. So like if you went on Instagram, if you're on Instagram last night and then you go on tonight and you just scroll through your feed and it gets to the bottom, that's what will show up. But that happens to me too much. I think <laughs> <laughs> it's never happened to me. Maybe I'm not as bad as I think. <laughs> um. So next question. You have just walked into a pub or club after lockdown, so it's already a bit bit spicy. Um, what song are you putting on? What song are you requesting? ABBA, Gimme Gimme, brackets, A Man After Midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Love them brackets. Uh, are you like a, a classic kind of like, not classical oh, music if girl? It's, but... If it's not cheesies, I'm not there. Like, yeah. If For me, like... I just don't understand the enjoyment of bobbing up and down in a room full of people with music that makes no sense. That is, it's just like electric noises. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't sing along to it and have a boogie, what's the point? So yeah. put on some ABBA and I'll be there. <laughs> I agree though. Last, not last year, the year before I went to an 80s night and I think that was the best night out I ever had compared to any sort of like... Right. So all my friends at uni were so, we have like a cheesies night in Exeter. Obviously that's my night. All my friends were like so anti-cheesies, like, no, no, we don't want to go. We don't want to go. Let me tell you, every time we go to cheesies, it's the best night out we have. And it's because of the music. It is. It is. It's like the classics, isn't it? Where you're like, oh my God, don't stop me now. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, they're just so great. Yeah. They give, what I like is it gives you a memory. And like, not that you're getting all deep in a club, but like, when a song comes on from the past, you're like, oh my God, like I remember when this came out and it just like puts you in a good mood because you can relate it to like what yeah. was going on at the time. And it's just a good time. Oh, this next one's a big one actually, Rachel, if you want to ask that one. Oh. Oh yeah. How do you feel about the Legal Cheat nomination? I'm very excited. I think, I mean, I'm not going to win and that's totally okay because I wasn't expecting to even be nominated. So, I mean, it's amazing. I think what I really enjoy about this award is that law is a very traditional field. 
So to have like a law firm award evening with a social media award thrown into the mix, I think that's so great that that's being recognised. And the people on that list, like, I mean, absolutely incredible. And they're so inspiring and they're like so innovative in their field. So it's an absolute pleasure to be nominated with them. Absolutely. Who would do you think would be your biggest legal inspiration? Actually, we might not have anything because we don't know exactly no. who, but... I don't think I've actually ever been inspired by one person. I think as I've, like, progressed through my journey in law, there have been different people at different times where I've thought, you're really inspiring to me right now. Mm-hmm. So I think originally one of the lawyers that I once met on a placement who was just incredible, she was so lovely. It was a... It was an in-house lawyer, but she previously worked in private practice and she was just so friendly, so supportive and really took the time out of her day to make sure everyone in her team was in the best mood. And I just thought you were the kind of lawyer that I want to be. So she really inspired me when I was going through the application process. I think I think the person you think I'm going to say, I'm going to say her now, Catherine Bamford. I, yeah, I really admire Catherine. I think every time I hear her talk, I learned something new and I think Mm. those are the best kinds of people um and she has been a huge supporter of me in so many ways so kind um and I love seeing what she gets up to like any any woman I feel who leaves in their industry and does something different I just love I just love seeing what they do and there are so many of them like Alice, Jodie like they're kind of all out there and putting themselves out there and it's so great and I I love like seeing women doing cool things so anyone who fits into that bubble, I'd put Rachel in that too. Like, what? like, yeah, genuinely, like there is no one out there that I've seen who is a mum who is changing their career and studying to go into law while raising kids and, you know, doing all the personal stuff that's gone along with that. And I just think absolute kudos to you for putting yourself out there and like keeping going with that. Like that's so inspiring to me. So, like, absolutely. Like, you're so in that bracket of women all the time. Wow, thank you. And I'm really pleased that Catherine is because I feel exactly the same. I Every time I speak to her, I, and she she gives on a level that I've just never seen in my life from somebody on that level to give so much to students. Uh, yeah, it's just like, it's best. I mean, I'll give you an example today with me having a crisis about my modules she voice noted and she was like, look, are you sure? You know, you sure about changing? Cause I think you'd be really good at it. And she just sees things in people that, I don't know, just aren't obvious in a really good way. Yeah, like a, a motivator. Yeah, I just love her. Yeah. And the kindness as well. You're so right to hit on that because it's so huge with her. <laughs> So on to Lucy's personal life. Um, we're going to delve deep into maybe not your past, but like we, we just want to bring stuff up. Um, specifically, I want to start with um, your kind of love for drama and theatre. Um, so you did drama. Did you do it at GCSE and A level? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we saw. Um, well, I saw. I'm sure Rachel did as well. Probably either last month or the month before. Have you got a little bit of a uh, an obsession with Sheridan Smith? I do. <laughs> <laughs> now, are we talking 
all of all of her work, like Gavin and Stacey as well, or are we talking just my theatre style? More theatre. So I got into her when I was like 15, turning mm-hmm. 16. So like for my 16th birthday, me and my mum went for a weekend in London and we saw Sheridan Smith in a musical called Funny Girl at the Savoy Theatre, which is like absolutely gorgeous. Mm. And she was just incredible. Like by the end, everyone in that theatre was sobbing their eyes out. Like it's an emotional musical and she was just like absolutely outstanding. And I was just like, I need, this is like my woman that I am now obsessed with. Like, you know, when you just like see someone and you're like, you are my new obsession. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sharon Smith. And it just hasn't stopped since then. So like, you know, obviously I love Gavin and Stacey, but I don't think that's her finest work. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin and Stacey and Benidorm. No, she's done, you know, she's done many great things. I've seen her in TV and serious dramas and she's great and in Scylla and all that kind of stuff. Like she's so good. Legally Blonde, she was the original Elle Woods on the West yeah. End. It's really the theatre where she's kind of come. Not yeah, it's where she came but, from. Yeah. Yeah. To, you know, the Elle Woods, you know, debut. Um, <laughs> so I think she's really great. And for my 18th birthday, it's actually quite a funny story. My mum got us VIP tickets to see her in concert for my 18th, which was like my absolute And we went to go and see her in Cardiff. I didn't know we had VIP tickets, but I was just buzzing to see her from whatever seat I got to sit sit in because I was going to be in the same room as her again. I was so excited. And we, my mum basically got the venue wrong of the concert, but we realised luckily just in time. We realised just in time, right? So it was like a 7.30 start. We got to the Millennium Centre Hall in Cardiff and it was like 7.29 and I hate being late and I was you know stressing with my mum I was like come on come on like we're in these seats we're in these seats and my mum was going no no we've got to go to the VIP area and my mum kind of likes joking around and I was like mum like you know stop joking around this is really serious we're going to be late like let's just go and find our seats and she was like no no we're VIPs we're VIPs and I was like no we're not mum like stop (laughs) (laughs) we're not VIPs And anyway, it turns out we were. <laughs> and she was like, I was really surprised you for your 18th. But by that point, I was just so like angry. <laughs> that I was like, um, anyway, obviously was buzzing. We were on the front row. She touched my hand. Like, it was a moment. <laughs> um, we saw her in concert and that was great. And then I saw her in Joseph a couple of summers ago when she was the narrator at the Palladium. And whatever she's in next... I'll be there, front row. Yeah. What um, I want to know as well, I'm sure a lot of people will be listening will want to know as well, is taking it back before kind of um, maybe Sheridan Smith or anything, what kind of sparked your in, like, an interest in drama and, and theatre and then maybe like describe what it was like in kind of school as GCSE and A-level? I think... My mum probably was a big influence at a young age. Not She's not a performer, although she has got a beautiful voice. So, you know, never say never. Oh. But she used to play, like, I grew up on, like, the Chicago soundtrack. And, like, <laughs> which is a bit of a raunchy musical, but obviously when you're young, you don't understand. So my <laughs> mum... That used, <laughs> Back in the car. She won't hear. <laughs> used to be on all the time. And I think there was... A t- and it probably did spark kind of... I guess my interest in watching theatre came from... Andrew Lloyd Webber used to run these TV programs where he'd like find the next star of his next musical. They were like X Factor, but like for musical theatre people. I think I, think I um, yeah, I think I remember that. They were so good. And 
the first one was for Joseph and this guy called Lee Mead won the program and he, he was going to be like the next Joseph in the West End attractive man like me and my mum were like we wanted him to win and he won so we were like we've got to go and see this so I think Joseph was the first show I saw on the West End probably when I was six or seven years old very young um, yeah oh I just love theatre like I and every year since I've you know I've seen at least one musical it just is it's amazing being in a theatre it takes you somewhere new you learn so much um in terms of performing year four was when I really got into actually I think I was always quite a creative dramatic child but being at primary school like doing nativity plays I was never cast as like a Mary or a Joseph because I was in like the wrong birthday month like it always goes to this like September to December like older kids they always get the bigger roles like I genuinely was a cat walking sheep in <laughs> let's not forget this factor yeah, I don't know any redheads that have been cast as Mary um, and it's an issue it is. <laughs> we'd be great like shining stars like exactly golden yeah. hair you know help us find the manger and the <laughs> I'd be a good angel Gabriel like I I would like the light would radiate off my hair right but give me the chance <laughs> you don't even need a halo <laughs> it's just natural yeah <laughs> but then when I was in year four I moved schools and I was cast straight into moving to a new school. I was cast as the lead role in our year's musical, which was Sleeping Beauty. And I was Princess Aurora. Oh, wow. Um, Dream. I loved every second. And just from then on, I was always involved in drama at school, always involved in musicals. Took it for GCSE, took it for A-level. I did my Lambda exams, which are like drama exams. Um, loved it. It was, it was my life. Absolutely my life. Amazing. So how did it change to law? Yeah. <laughs> That's my question. Lambda? I never wanted to be an actress professionally, I don't think. I think there were moments, like, I was involved in this musical in my local area where I was the youngest in the cast. I was quite a lead role. It was actually, I didn't realise at the time, but it was a musical about, like, incest. And I don't know, I didn't realise when I was in it, but that's what it was about. <laughs> and... I was nominated for like an like an a Southwest Award, which was kind of a big deal at the time. Wow. Um, and I was like, maybe I should be an actress. But you know what? <laughs> I love the stability that you get from law. I, you know, acting is such an unstable career, and yeah. mm. I, I'm quite nerdy, and I just think law kind of gives me that like academic grit, that like a mental challenge that I need. Not that you don't get that in drama, but it's just a different challenge. Yeah. Um, I think in law, drama comes into it quite a lot naturally anyway, in terms of presenting yourself to clients and all that kind of stuff. So I don't, I don't feel like I've lost the drama side of things. I just feel like it was a very, very large part of my life that definitely took a step back when I went to uni, but it fed into my legal career. It wasn't like one or the other. It was like, I do drama because I want to do law. Eventually it kind of fed into it. it we've got another creative here tonight, haven't we? Really? So creativity and law, what are your thoughts? Yeah. What would you like to bring in terms of your creativity to the law in the future? That's a big question, but- I would like- Five at five that one, sorry. <laughs> I want to sing all of my legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> That would work. What can you imagine? Um, I think in terms of creativity, I think for me, it's not from drama that my creative side in law will come from. I think it will mainly come from social media and marketing. 
um, skills that I've learned in that way, not necessarily in drama. I think maybe if I was a barrister, it'd be slightly different because I think advocacy is a slightly different ball game. But mm-hmm. in terms of reviewing contracts and sending them out to clients, I don't think drama's going to help me that much with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think creativity. <laughs> I think, you know, there's so much scope for creativity is why I chose the firm that I'm going to. And I'll be interested to see what happens. But I think maybe it will come more from social media than drama. What I kind of wanted to ask as well, um, which we briefly touched on earlier, is um, the whole choir side of your life as well. Um, tell me where that interest stemmed from and where you kind of picked up singing as a whole in a choir and your, your Spotify album as well. Let's not forget <laughs> that. I think naturally my voice lends itself to a classical singer rather than musical theatre pop area. Um, so I was always involved in choirs in school, but I think where it really came into play was when I was in year five, I got put forward to audition for the National Youth Choir of Great Britain. So wow, top 120 choristers of the UK, of yeah, Britain. Um, And it was successful. And I learned so much discipline from this choir. Um, The only way I can describe it is like army camp, but for choristers. Wow, how did that work? Wow. He was only year five. Yeah, but I was in this choir for probably three, three or four years. Right, okay. And it only happened during the holidays. So in the summer holidays, you'd all move into, we used to like stay in boarding schools. You'd all move into a boarding school together. And in about a week or a week and a half, and I used to get so homesick, I do really remember this, like you were just in this systemic, choral environment where you'd get up at a certain time go for warm-up like you were very strongly discouraged from talking while you like had lunch and stuff to save your vocal rest save your voice yeah because at the end of the course you'd be performing in a huge venue doing like an original piece of works or like you know a piece of works that's really well known that like you know a British choir is singing like it's a reasonably big deal and like, yeah, we also recorded a few albums as well that were, one of them was like repeated music again, just with the National Youth Choir. And one of them was an original, like composed for the National Youth Choir album. Um, all classical music, really like looking back on it now, I'm like, that was an incredible experience. But at the time, it's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, learned, I learned so much discipline from it and you know, the end result was always incredible to be involved with. Um, but that that was a huge part of me growing up, I think. So you're going to have a gap in a much deserved break. What are you planning? Um, and, you know, what will you do? If you can't go anywhere and what will you do if you can go are you planning on traveling or you know this question terrifies me <laughs> because i've never had time off 
in my life. Like even going between like GCSEs and A-levels, I always had like part-time jobs that I was working to earn money so I could, you know, do things in the holidays and all that kind of stuff. And obviously I need to earn money over my six months, but it, it feels very different when I'm not trying to get work experience for to put on my CV to then apply for a job because I've already got that coming. So my plan is to take May and June completely off and just nice. enjoy myself. Um, I'm still going to keep up commitments with like Lucy Does Law and with Grow Mentoring, all that kind of stuff, but I'm not going to commit myself to a job or anything mm. during that time. My ideal plan is then July and August to move to London and do an internship in marketing um, and potentially social media, like work for like a social media influencer advertising agency or work in a company's marketing department. Cause I just find that really interesting and I'd love to do something non-legal related. And I've got a couple of opportunities that I could potentially get involved with. So I, I'm kind of like an open book at the moment. I'm going to see the COVID situation and then make up my mind as to kind of where I think I'd be best suited. Mm. And then October, November, I will travel somewhere. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not booking it until September because I don't want to book something now, like within Europe and then in September for like New Zealand to turn around and say, oh, if you're British and you're vaccinated, like you can come to New Zealand. Yeah. And I've missed that chance. Um, so I'm kind of just waiting until like the very, very last minute to decide where I want to go, which is painful for me because I do not like last minute plans. I'm like, give me structure and organization, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait until the last minute on this one. And then December, I'll be back home. It's Christmas and I am an elf and I freaking love the whole month of December. So <laughs> I do. Doing all the Christmas things that we didn't get to do this year or last year um, and also moving to London. So that's my rough plan. <laughs> well, these sounds very fun. structured. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so... If you could go anywhere, where would you go? My dream was to go to Bali and then to Australia. Nice. Mm. But I don't know if I'll be able to hop between countries. If I have to commit to one, I want to go to Australia so bad. But that's always been the plan. Like ever since I decided that going into commercial law was the route for me, I knew then I'd want to go to a firm with a fast track to LPC so I could take the six months off. And I wanted to go to Australia. That's like always been my game plan if that could come true I would love it but if it can't like if I have to stay in Europe maybe like Italy I'd love to like go from like north to south and just like go down the country and stop in nice towns and cities and experience the culture um I'm gonna go find myself you know um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I don't know where I'll end up but Australia would be incredible <laughs> to me you are a legal boss right you know your stuff one of a better word she knows that you know yeah. what you're doing but you did do that thing about girl bosses mm. and we had a chat about it that day and you're fantastic at talking to everyone like I believe Lucy when she says I will get back to all your messages. And I'm pretty sure now I've spoken to you quite a bit that you would be sat there making sure that you did respond to everyone. And that is something that makes you very special because there's a yes. people that are nowhere near as big as you that won't do that. And that's hard to do when you're busy. That aside, 
girl boss what are your thoughts now wow. a few months on i don't know when the post was but <laughs> things have changed well, you since then yeah there was an igtv on it weren't there was. But I'm sure your view hasn't changed. You tell me. Well, firstly, thank you for all the compliments. I appreciate them a lot. Um, secondly, girl boss. Um, I don't like the phrase. I think when I created the IGTV, I was in two minds back then because I was like, people use it as such an empowering thing. Like, you know, and when, when people, oh, you're such a girl boss, like it's such a, like, yes, you know, you're such a girl boss, you're so empowered, it's so great. And that's, you know, where the phrase came from. It, it came from like a female entrepreneur who caught, deemed herself a girl boss for like doing what she did well. But I just feel that it's got to a point now where it's kind of patronizing. And, you know, in 2021, why can't a boss just be seen as anyone? Like, and I also think the phrase girl also excludes certain people like you know it's not like you have a girl boss and a boss like there are people other people who wouldn't fit into into the girl boss category that also don't traditionally fit into the boss category either so like you know where's their empowerment where's you know I think it's a constant battle I have in my head but I think I you know you'd never say oh if you looked at a man you'd be like oh my god you're such a you're a great boss you're such a boss you never say oh you're a great boy boss yeah, it doesn't yeah it's almost like infantilizing it a bit, yeah, isn't yeah. it? It's kind of making it immature. Like oh, you're, you're a little girl boss. boss. Yeah, but so yeah. but why is so then why is girl boss such a great word? Like it's not. And I think you know, like Catherine Bamford was saying on her recent podcast, on the Legally Different podcast, she was saying how you know she wants to be known as an entrepreneur, not a female entrepreneur. Like, why don't we just see everyone in the same bracket? And I think it's great that there are certain awards designed to like lift women up and promote women in work and doing great things. But surely there gets to a point where like the entrepreneur award should just naturally be diverse because entrepreneurs are diverse and not just men. Sometimes they can be women. Sometimes there might be people who don't conform to a gender and that's also okay. They should be able to be recognized in that category. I, I see two minds for it because I, I think it's empowering, but I also think it puts people down and it sections people off. Like I've recently read a book called Working Like a Woman, which the title of, I was like, I don't like this. I'm really, yeah. but I really liked it. And it was all about, you know, using your female strength to get to the top rather than adopting masculine traits to get there. It's like being yourself, being stereotypically more emotive being more feminine and actually how that can you can be a leader with those traits you don't have to work like a man you can work like a woman and you can still get there 100% I back that so much Mm. but I would never then turn around to the author of this like amazing book all about you know working like a woman being yourself at work and be like oh you're a girl boss like that suddenly seems so like you're you're a great woman oh but you're a girl boss like, mm. no, you're just a boss. Like, you are literally leading in your field. You are a boss. Take us through kind of how you feel about Lucy's law in general. Um, kind of, did you expect to be at this point? Did you expect to have this... Uh, following and this presence online that's so prominent in in the legal community 
that's a hard question to answer because I don't think that I'm a prominent person <laughs> in the legal Instagram world. So that's difficult to answer because I think I've always been confused as to why people have stuck around on my Instagram. Like I've been around for like nearly, I'm coming up to two years, like a long, long time. And I'm like, why are people still here? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's been really interesting to see Lucy Does Law develop with me because I started it in my first year. I never showed my face. Like for ages, it was just flat lays of my notes and that like, oh, you know, I'm doing some contract law revision today. Here, here are my notes and here's a cafetiere. Like that was the vibe for a very long time. Um, and then I, I don't know when there was a changing point, but there must have been a changing point where I started showing my face slightly more. And I think it must have been around September before my second year because I went to a Bright Network event and their marketing person recognised me from it. And they were like, oh, I know who Lucy is. And I was like, oh. And I'm talking like, you know, a thousand followers at this point. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Someone knows who I am. <laughs> um, and so I was like, okay, maybe I should start documenting this career stuff a little bit more. Maybe that's interesting if this big company has spotted me out of a crowd. Um, so I started showing my face more then. And then I kind of got to the point where I was like, screw it. Let's just give it full Lucy attack and just be, <laughs> be what it is now, which is just my life with law. Um, but I think what's been really special for me is that there have been people that I've met on Instagram, such as you guys, who have literally seen me go through the motions with like applying for VAC schemes yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And like, whilst I never shared any like tips or advice on how to do applications or anything until like I secured my training contract. I think for me, it was just like saying, oh, I've, I've applied to a firm or I'm really excited to do this. But like, I never, I never said when I was going to interviews really, in fact, I didn't, I think once I said I was going to an interview, but mm. the others I didn't say, I didn't say I had my VAC schemes for ages, ages. No, I had my offers super quick like by February, but I don't think I even said anything until March on Instagram that I was actually doing these back schemes. Same yeah. with my training contract. Like I had, I was sitting on training contract offers for a while before I said, oh, I am, I've got a training contract. But it's been nice to have so many people who I feel like they were like on the emotional journey with me. Who were just like, oh my God, I'm so happy for you because like I've seen you go through all of this. And it's like, yeah, it's so lovely. And I think there's this lovely community on the law Instagram page. And I think it's just been amazing to get to know so many people. It's just so much fun. It's so much fun. What's been the biggest challenge in your journey into law? Into where you are now? I think my biggest challenge was self-doubt which might not be the answer you were expecting I think everyone's like oh rejections oh you know all these barriers but I think for me my my biggest barrier was self-doubt I never in a million years thought that I was going to be 
the person who walks into third year with a training contract. Like it was my absolute goal, but I never thought it would be me. I always thought I'll be on the grind for a long time trying to get this job. Never thought I'd be at the firm FC called a training contract with. Never thought I'd have multiple training contract offers. Like, I think, I don't think it, it obviously didn't hold me back that much because I managed to go on. But I just wish, I wish the whole way through the process, I was just saying to myself, you know what, you're actually doing quite well, Lucy. Like, you're actually, but at the time I was just like, oh, I'm, you know, stressing about all the tiny little things. And I wish I just, I wish I enjoyed it more because the whole time I was just doubting myself all the time. And I just wish I enjoyed it more because it's fun. I, I enjoyed going to my interviews. I enjoyed my back schemes. But the whole time you're so worried about being judged. And obviously you need to be because you're there for an interview. But I just overanalyzed everything. I, could, I just didn't think it was ever possible. Like it, Literally, when I got my TC offer from Clifford Chance, I genuinely said to grad recruitment, I was like, what, what happens if you change your mind? Oh, I remember you I remember you posted this and it was so cute. And I was like, wow. He was like, I'm not gonna change my mind. Like she was like, it's fine, Lucy. Like we won't change our mind. And I was like, okay. Like it still doesn't feel real. Every every time I get an email from the firm that's like, dear, dear future trainees, I'm like, oh no, they're gonna tell me my training contract's cancelled. Oh. <laughs> oh. They haven't done yet. They're not um, gonna. Were they, were they were they the one you were wanting to? Because you've got some, you've been on some good bat schemes with some fantastic yeah. firms, and I don't know what your offers were, and you don't have to say because I we, we try and make a point of not asking the generic questions. But um, was that where you wanted to be? Did you want to work for them, or did you I have another firm in mind? Right. So this is a really interesting question because I didn't know. I think that was good. I was very, very open-minded going into my VAC schemes, being able to experience two magic circle firms that are very different from each other was really great and really eye-opening. And when I got my first offer, I was like, this is great. I would so happily work here. And then I got the next one and I was like, my heart's, my heart's gone. Like, this is the one for me. And I think it was a, it was a gut instinct. And nobody explicitly said to me, oh, I see you more, I see you fitting in at this firm more than the other, like, but as soon as I signed with Clifford Chance, the amount of people who messaged me, like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad you chose Clifford Chance, like, you know, you're a natural fit for the firm, like, you're going to do so well there, I was like, oh, (laughs) Um, but it was, it was a gut feeling, and it was, for my whole experience with the firm has been nothing but positive, and they've always been so invested in me as a person. And it's the reason why I chose to apply there in the first place was because of a personal conversation that I'd had with someone at the firm in the grab recruitment team at the time. And I was like, you know what? These people actually care about people. And they just completely showed that to me the whole way through the process. Like even when I was just a back scheme offer person, they were like, come down to the firm, let's have like a big drinks reception and let's all celebrate. And I know it's the corporate glossy stuff that's impressed the young people. Like I get it, I get the selling mechanisms, 100%. Do I buy into it? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hell yeah. It's fun and it's this new environment. And like, yes, they invite you for drinks, but I've also been you know sent on business courses and all this kind of stuff and they do care about the people and I think 
from that early stage, it's like no other firm that I've seen. So you are doing the six months accelerated LPC, which is a quite a full on full on task. Uh, it's uh, God knows how many exams it is in a short amount of time. Not to scare you. <laughs> um, how do you feel about taking that? And also, at the moment, or just through your studies and through the LPC, how um, do you think Clifford Chances are going to su- support you through those studies? if you don't mind sharing. <laughs> I'm taking, yeah, the six month course with a master's, also in the oh. six months, right. just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> I want a specific Clifford Chance course. Um, it's called the LLM CLP. Oh. Um, how do I feel about it? I am, um, I feel okay because I enjoy studying. Mm. I'm looking forward to learning about the practical side of law. And I'm looking forward, I study it at the same time as everyone who joins the firm at the same time as me. So I'm really looking forward to meeting the people and moving to London to do it. It's always been like a dream of mine to move. And that move like correlates with the LPC. So it's kind of exciting for me because I'm like, oh, I go to London, then I go to uni in Holborn, which in this nice glass building and, you know, near Covent Garden, it all, it's all yeah. nice in my head right now. I think what makes me nervous is there's def- I definitely know the workload is intense. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anyone who's kind of said, oh, the LPC was a breeze on the accelerated course. But what concerns me even more is that people on the one year course say, oh, the LPC is so hard. And I'm like, I've got to do this bad boy in six months. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think I wasn't really, I, I kind of thought because of the firms that I was applying for, I thought that the six month kind of accelerated LPC was the norm. I didn't realize until I met a lot of people on their LPC that actually what I'm doing is not normal. So I think that's kind of scary, Um, but I'm up for the challenge. And I think in terms of the second part to your question, how CC support us, they're really great at inviting us to internal firm events right from the start. So I've been to quite a few of them and they're not like networking events. The ones I've been to so far, I've just been like, webex events where you like listen to people talk and you can ask questions they've been really interesting and have really kind of challenged my mind like i went to one this week on gamestop which like shook up the, sh- the stock market and i didn't really understand it that much and it was really interesting to hear from lawyers on like their perspectives of it and where they see social media impacting the stock market kind of moving forward um and getting involved in those conversations like literally a year before I even joined the firm is really is really great I think and CC have opportunities like their Lyft internships which is where you apply for them and they kind of send you to a client of the firm for work experience um if you're a future trainee and that's literally they are the only firm that offer a program like that yeah great. it's always like non-legal experience as well because they know how important that is before you join the firm they really try and develop you and like I've been on a business course I learned I learned so much about how a business works just through playing this like virtual game that CC put us on. Um, it's really fun. Like I've been in touch with my VAC scheme cohort a lot and people who are joining at the same time and they are really supportive. And I think on a personal level as well, like kind of talking about social media, I vlogged my scheme with Clifford Chance over the summer and 
they've kind of been following ish I guess what I've what I've been doing since then and you know when I was nominated for the legal cheek award that's coming up they emailed me and said you know congratulations we've seen you're nominated and it's kind of like that personal interaction that I think is rare and is so yeah. valuable so they're so engaged and it's great I'm so it makes every time I get invited to something I'm like oh, I'm so glad I chose to go to this firm. Where do you see Lucy Does Law going in the next few years in terms of going through your training contract? This includes your YouTube channel, um, LinkedIn, everything like that. Where would where do you see Lucy Does Law going? It's something I'm thinking about so much at the moment. Um, I think we'll keep plodding along through my LPC as I am at the moment. I think when I join as a trainee, there are obviously certain boundaries in yeah. terms of- <laughs> Taking parts of deals, like- I <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I can't just walk around the firm with like a vlogging camera out, just like, hi everyone. <laughs> We're just sitting down for a partner's meeting. <laughs> oh guys, do you mind if I quickly do a time-lapse of this? It'll just look- <laughs> I could never. <laughs> a boomerang. Oh my God. I'm signing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can just imagine a partner signing a really important document. Like, I'll just boomerang that. For yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my followers need to see this. <laughs> just going to rang it. Or just put their face where their face comes into loads of hearts. <laughs> that can affect. This could go on forever. Yeah, it could. It could. I just think. I think when I'm a trainee, it'll be interesting to see what ha happens. Mm. I don't know what I can slash can't post yet. Obviously, when you go to a firm, well, I'm sure we'll have a talk on social media and, you know, use of all that kind of stuff. So I'll learn a lot more then. Um, I would love to carry on documenting in, this, in a similar way to what I'm doing now. Like, I would love to be able to say you know, I'm going to work today, I've got <laughs> a long to-do list, um, but I'm working on this really exciting deal, um, I'm really enjoying my training contract so far, I don't, I don't know, like, it's a time, how much time will I realistically have being a trainee at a massive law firm, like, realistically, yeah, I'm thinking that, my time is going to be small, mm. um, and I think by, I think it's, I'm in an incredibly fortunate position where I have this platform and I've built up trust with the people who follow me on it. And I'd love to be able to share what life is like inside a law firm like Clifford Chance. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not sure where, where the boundaries will lie and what I'll be able to do. But I hope I will be able to do something. Like, I do not plan on stopping at all. At all, at all maybe my content will change slightly I don't know we'll see what happens but so far like I've been very lucky that Clifford Chance like did allow me to vlog my vacation scheme and do things like that and you know we'll see what happens in the future I'm not sure <laughs> so I think that is a wrap we've learned a lot about you Lucy and thank you so much for coming on um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Legal Social Club 
we hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you want to follow us on the socials in the meantime we are at legal social club on instagram and we're at legal social club one on twitter perfect uh and in the meantime um please check out other episodes as well but other than that we will see you later bye